welcome to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast, where we talk about how to create and maintain healthy habits with our fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being. This is a place where you can come to get real life, health, and fitness advice from a busy working mama who has a passion for helping others find their way to health and happiness. We're all in this crazy journey together, so why not lean on and lift each other up in the process? Before we dive into this week's episode, I've got to share with you the most exciting announcement ever, ever. I am finally launching brand new membership. This is an online community specifically designed for women who are craving support, who are craving accountability, education, and an overall sense of just being seen and understood. I've got all the details in the show notes below. So click the link and you can check out Thrive, the membership. A typical month inside Thrive looks like one coaching call or one masterclass. Think like live teaching from me or from a guest expert in the health and wellness field, one of those per month. And we're also going to have one hot seat call or Q&A call every single month. I will be sending a weekly recipe roundup, which is five brand new clean eating recipes directly to your inbox. No more scouring Pinterest or blogs for your recipes. We will also have playlists for every mood you might be in. We will have workout ideas. We will have so much more inside of the membership. This is an online community that is outside of Facebook. So if you don't like Facebook groups, this might just be the membership for you. If you, again, have been craving support, if you've been craving community, accountability, education, and really feeling seen and heard and like locking arms with other women that are on a health and wellness journey, just like you, then I want you to click the link in the show notes and check out more about how to join Thrive, the monthly membership. Of course, if you have any questions, you can shoot me an email or a DM, but I would be completely honored if you would join us inside of this month to month membership. Again, click the link in the show notes for more details on Thrive. Now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So grateful you were here. So grateful you pressed play on today's episode. I am just so loving the podcast right now. I've had some really amazing interviews in the last couple of days and feeling the creative juices feeling the flow and it just feels good. So I had to share that. <laughs> and I wanted to bring you a short episode today. I started thinking about how, when we start a new, maybe it's a new eating plan. Maybe it's a new exercise plan. Maybe we want to lose weight. Maybe we want to get in shape. Maybe we want to, you know, lower our cholesterol or lower our blood pressure or anything we're wanting to do where we set out to improve our health. So often it feels very depriving, right? We feel like we are deprived of the things we love. It feels like we have to take away everything. It feels like there is no more happiness, no more joy, right? Like it feels like it sucks when everything is taken away from you. But I got to thinking, what if instead of me giving you recommendations of things to take away, what if I gave you some recommendations of things to add in? to improve your health and improve your overall wellness. No taking away, 
we are adding things. So I thought of four different things. Well, it might be five, but technically I'm saying four. Four ideas for you to add into your daily routine to help improve your health, improve your wellness, improve your energy levels, and improve your overall feeling just to help you feel better. And I got to thinking about this because I was doing an interview. I was on someone else's podcast, a parenting podcast, actually. And she asked me about the one thing that I've done to my diet lately that has helped me, that's made me feel better. And I got thinking about this. And this was kind of the springboard for this episode. And the first thing that I'm going to talk about adding in, and this is where it's kind of a two for one. So it's kind of two things, but it's really one thing. I'm lumping them together. (laughs) Go with me here. So the first thing I'm going to say to add in to your routine, add into your day to improve your overall wellness is eat more protein and fat. See how that's kind of two things, but it's kind of one because I'm telling you to eat more. (laughs) When has a health expert ever told you to eat more? Actually a lot lately, but it kind of goes against what we've always learned, right? If you grew up, when I grew up, it was all about calorie restriction and low fat and don't eat this and don't eat that, right? It was very restrictive. And the notion that we can actually eat more to lose weight, eat more to have more energy is really a, it's a very difficult concept for some of us to grasp, but adding in more protein and more fat to your diet does so many things. Number one, eating more protein helps you feel full and satisfied versus feeling hungry two hours after you've eaten. Adding more protein into your diet helps you build muscle. So if you're looking to lose weight, but also have that like kind of defined muscular look, not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, not like, um, bodybuilding, but I mean like a defined muscle, your muscles need protein to grow and pop your biceps got to pop. Okay. For your biceps to pop, you need protein. Like it is a, it is a building block, right? And so many of us are very under what we should be having for protein, right? And me as an ex-vegan, I, it is, it was very, very clear once I started doing the whole 30, that I was not eating enough protein in the last several years. I was not eating enough protein, which is why I felt the need to snack so much or just over caffeinate to quell that hunger. And sister, let me tell you, all that leads to is a shitload of anxiety. Okay. Okay. So getting in more protein with every single meal, starting your meal with protein, when you're building a breakfast, when you're building a lunch, when you're building a dinner or even a snack, start with the protein first, start with the eggs, with the chicken, with the fish, with the shrimp, with the ground turkey, with the pork. If you eat pork, I'm I'm more of a fan of lean proteins. Um, start with those proteins first and build around it. There is a relatively simple equation to help you determine how much protein that you need. And I will write that out in the show notes below. I'm writing it out because so often when I speak it, I flub it. (laughs) I mess it up because I'm human. So instead of me flubbing it right now, I'm going to put on the equation in the show notes, or if you have questions for me, you can just DM me on Instagram and I can help you figure it out. 
is basically you turn your weight converted to kilograms and then you multiply it by a number. And that gives you like the minimum amount of grams of protein that you should be eating in a day. And I was nowhere near that. And it's incredible just after about four weeks of doing a whole 30 and eating a buttload of more protein, I'm not hungry in between meals. Like it's astonishing how I'm like, I actually feel like I'm eating more, but I'm eating less, if that makes sense. And it's also because I'm eating more fat. So like the protein and the fat go hand in hand. And one of the things I've learned a lot from my whole 30 coach and just in general about learning more about nutrition is the importance of good fats. Again, if you grew up in the nineties, like I did and early two thousands, fat was demonized. There were all of these diets and all of these books. And then therefore all of these products that came out that were low fat. And I've talked about this multiple times in my coaching groups. I talk about this a lot in my program nourished. I talk about this with my one-on-one clients that fat is good for you. Fat will not make you fat. And I'm talking good dietary fat, good examples of fat. Fat is so amazing for your brain health. Fat is so good to help you stay satiated, to give you that feeling of like, mm, I am like comfortably full. I'm satiated. I don't feel the need to have something sweet. I don't feel the need to have something sugary. I don't feel the need to snack in two hours. It is amazing. Like some of my favorite things to do for adding in fat is going to be avocado. So I don't care what meal it is. I'll just put a little slice or couple of avocado on there. Um, I've become a huge fan of olives all of a sudden. I used to hate olives, but now those light green, what are they called? Castrolano olives. I forget. Very mild ones. Obsessed with those. Um, of course your olive oil. Now when you cook with olive oil, that doesn't really count because you're cooking out a lot of it. Right. And by the time you divide it, up of what you're eating. That doesn't really count. So I'm wanting to add in adding walnuts or almonds or, um, pepitas or cashews, like nuts like that, adding those to your salad, adding those, sprinkle them over your green beans, sprinkle them over your roasted vegetables, adding in nuts, having those as a snack is a huge, huge advantage. Um, what else is a good source of that? Chia seeds is amazing to put in like yogurt or smoothies. Can't taste them. They are invisible. Well, they're not invisible, but they're, but they're flavorless. You can see them. Um, peanut butter, almond butter. Those are amazing sources of fat, Greek yogurt. Um, a lot of cheeses. If you're able to eat dairy, cheese is an amazing source of fat. So things like that, do a, do a Google search. Okay. See what you like, add those to your plate. If you're getting headaches throughout the day, you might not be eating enough fat. If you are hungry a couple hours, you know, an hour after you eat, two hours after you eat, you're probably not eating enough fat. If you are feeling those crashes later in the day, you're probably not eating enough fat. So fat, another beautiful thing that it does is helps slow down the breakdown of sugar in your body. So say you eat a piece of bread, for example, right? And the bread is a carbohydrate, which turns to sugar. And the sugar is going to spike your insulin. It's going to spike your blood sugar. Now, if you pair that piece of bread with a fat, for example, grass-fed butter or um, all-natural peanut butter or almond butter, something high in fat, if you pair that sugar, the carb, right, with your fat, the fat helps slow down the breakdown of that bread. Or maybe it's an apple, right? Like even though an apple is fruit, it is 
sugar. It's, it's fructose, it's natural sugar. So pairing it with nut butter helps to slow it down. And when you slow that breakdown, your blood sugar stays stable. You don't have the spike and the crash. Does that make sense? We want to slow down the breakdown of sugar. So if you were eating that apple or that piece of bread or anything like that, pair it with the fat. That's why butter is served with bread. I mean, aside from the fact that it just tastes delicious, (laughs) but if that makes sense to you, send me a DM. Let me know. When I learned that, I was mind blown. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. So am I beating a dead horse yet? Eat more protein and fat. That is the first thing you can do. You can add it to your routine, add to your everyday to help improve your overall health and wellness. If you need examples, hit me up on Instagram. You know where to find me. Moving on. Number two, the second thing you can add in to your daily routine are short walks. Okay. I'm talking five to 10 minute walks after you eat five to 10 minute walks. If you've had seven zoom calls back to back to back to back to back, and you just like, I need a break, a walk in the morning, a walk in the afternoon, a walk to the bus stop, just getting in those extra steps right now. If you've got a workout plan, if you've got a movement plan and maybe walking is a part of your movement plan, fantastic. But where else can you fit in a quick walk throughout your day? There was an interesting study that I read, um, that talked about how people in the study, participants in the study who went on a short walk after they ate, like literally, you know, five to 10 minute walk that their blood sugar levels rose more gradually and they fell more gradually. Their insulin levels were more stable than those that just went back to their desk and sat down after lunch or they got in the car and sat down or that went over and laid down on the couch. How many times after dinner do you lay down on the couch and you're like, Oh, I'm so full. And you just want to lay down. That's like the opposite of what we need to be doing. Right. I do it too. I've started just pacing around the house. If I eat like a little too much at dinner, I'll just start pacing back and forth. If it's super cold or rainy, like it has been in Atlanta forever lately, just pace around your house, go up and down the stairs a couple of times clearing the dishes, clearing the kitchen, like light straightening up. If you can move your body just for five to 10 minutes after that meal, like pretty soon, like within 30 minutes of finishing the meal, you were going to help so much. It's going to help stabilize that blood sugar and what that blood sugar of that spike and that crash you've, you've experienced this and it sucks when you crash. The spike is that like, ah, I have lots of energy and I'm feeling great. And Maybe you just had a big plate of pasta or you had a sandwich or you had a piece of cake or a muffin or a bagel, like something super carby and freaking delicious. A couple hours later, what happens? How'd you like that sound effect? (laughs) You crash and you burn. And that, my friend, is your insulin level plummeting, right? So if we can help stabilize that, if we can have a gradual, you think about an airplane, how it takes off. It doesn't like just go straight up like vertical, right? It's a slow and steady, gradual climb to the 30,000 feet. It's not a rocket. It doesn't go straight up. It's a slow and steady climb. And it's the same for the descent. Like we would not want the airplane to go from 30,000 feet to landing in two seconds. Like, yikes, that'd be scary. It is a slow and gradual descent. So if you can move your body, take a quick walk, pace around your house, go up and down the steps, go walk outside, 
can walk to your car and back, whatever you can do after a meal that is going to help stabilize the rise and the fall of your blood sugar. Your body will thank you. Your mind will thank you. You will definitely feel less of that fog, you know, less of that brain fog and that, uh, feeling after you eat. So that is the second thing. Where can you get in more short walks? Like focus on those steps. How many steps can you get in a day versus I did one hard workout and I'm not going to move my body the rest of the day. Excellent. Moving on as I take a sip of my water, that's a great segue into the number three thing you can add in to your daily routine. Just drink more freaking water, drink more water. Talking to myself too. drink more water. We are chronically dehydrated. Like we, this sounds so simple. We don't realize how much water we're actually drinking. Every client I work with every single one-on-one client, they're like, Oh, I drink plenty of water. When we start tracking it, they're like, Jess, I do not drink enough water. I thought I drank this much, but really I only drink about this much. And it's so eye-opening. And adding in more water does wonders for you. It does help quell hunger. So sometimes if you feel a little hunger pang, oftentimes that is actually your thirst in disguise. That is your body being like, yo, I am thirsty. Can I have some water, sis? Put down the coffee. I need some water. Now, after you chug that water, if you're still hungry, maybe it is hunger, right? But a lot of times hunger is disguised or thirst is disguised by that hunger pang. So fill up your water cup, do the rubber band trick. If you don't know about the rubber band trick, you have, say you have a Stanley cup and it's 40 ounces and you're trying to drink 120 ounces of water in a day. That's a high number, whatever, whatever you're trying to drink. And you know, you have to drink three of those Stanley cups to hit your goal. Well, in the morning, you fill up your first Stanley, you put three rubber bands, hair tie, rubber band, whatever you want. We all, if you're a chick, you know, you got thousands of hair ties lying around, put three hair ties on there. When you finish your first one, take off a rubber band. You have two more left. When you finish your second one, take off the second rubber band. It is a visual reminder. It is an external cue to drink the water and also sparkling water counts. So if you're really stinking tired of water, then you can have a LaCroix, you can have a Pellegrino, you can have a Spindrift. I'm not talking about those that are loaded with sugar. I'm talking about the ones that are zero sugar, zero calorie, things like that. Um, I love the flavored LaCroix and the, um, there's like a dark, dark cherry and pomelo Pellegrino. Ooh, that one's very good. I love that one. Plain tea also counts, right? If you're drinking green tea or a peppermint tea or a bedtime tea, something that's like a non-sweetened tea, you know, that also counts towards your liquid intake, right? So drink more liquids. Your body will thank you. Your skin will start to glow. You will pee 800 times a day. Trust and believe that's okay. But that is going to help your body so, so, so much. I mean, we're like, what, 75, 80% water anyways, (laughs) So if you're walking around dehydrated, that might be the reason that you're cranky or have a headache or are feeling hungry all the time. Okay. Moving on. Number four, we have made it to number four and this one might surprise you. Okay. And this one is not necessarily one that most health coaches would recommend, but this is what I'm trying to do this year. And this fourth recommendation is to have more fun 
have fun, like incorporate play and fun into your life. I'm learning through one of my coaches. We're doing some inner child work. We're learning about our inner child, the childlike us from many years ago that maybe didn't get what it needed and maybe still needs some attention. And there's some uh, negative sides to that. And there's some positive sides to that, right? The thing we're learning is like, what did our child like, what did our child self like to do? Our our 13 year old self, our eight year old self, our four year old self, like what do they like to do? They like to color, they like to sing, they like to dance, go outside, go camping, go on adventures, play dress up, play with dolls. Like what did your child, you as a child like to do? Or if you have children, like what are some ways you can just incorporate more fun or just you solo? It doesn't have to be with your kids. What are some ways you can have more fun? Like for me, that looks like, so we, we got, Santa brought us a ping pong table for Christmas. That looks like me and my husband going downstairs and playing ping pong without the kids. It's fun. It's fun. I've completely forgotten how fun ping pong is. It's playing a card game. It's, you know, going for a walk outside and just jamming out to like my favorite boy bands or to Britney Spears or Jessica Simpson, like the fun music from the 2000s. It's reading for fun. I forgot how much I liked reading for fun. I got into this routine where I was only reading personal development books, like only like self-help, personal growth, which are amazing, right? It's a great thing to do, but I was not reading for fun. And last year in 2022, I picked up a Colleen Hoover book and I became hooked. And I read, I think seven of her books last year and a couple of other books. And I found Tessa Bailey and I found like, I found this love for fun, sexy, spicy, romantic books. Some, I like some twisted thrillers too. Hello, Verity. If you've read Verity, you know, if you know, you know, but it's just such a fun escape at the end of the night. Like, right. I still, I still want to watch Real Housewives also, but it's been really fun to read and escape. And like the sense of accomplishment when you finish a book, dang, there is no better sense of accomplishment than when you slam that book shut and you're like, yes, this book was so good. (laughs) Right. What can you do to incorporate more fun? It doesn't have to be anything expensive. It doesn't have to be wild and crazy. You don't have to go skydiving unless you want to. I have no interest, like zero desire to do that. But what can you do to incorporate more fun? Like your soul will thank you. Your body will thank you. You will feel the benefits, the endorphins, the serotonin, the feel good hormones that you maybe used to only get from food right? You will feel those when you're having fun. So to recap quickly, four things you can add in to your daily routines to improve your overall wellness. Number one, eat more protein and fat. Number two, take more short walks. Can you take a short walk after a meal or maybe late morning, early afternoon or after dinner? Can you pace around your house? Take more short walks. Number three, drink more water. And number four, incorporate fun. Go have some fun. I hope this was useful. I hope this was helpful. Tell me what you think about this. Send me a text. Send me a DM on Instagram. 
If you liked this episode, definitely share it on your Instagram stories or share it on your Facebook stories and tag me. The more you share, the more we help get this message out to women in the world who need it. So until next time, stay well. Hey, you want to know how you can help me? Why don't you screenshot this podcast and share it to your social media? Tag me. My Instagram is at the fit life with Jessica. Take it another step further and leave me a review and a five-star rating in Apple podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks friend.